1: I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bolle, as always. You know, these are my favorite episodes, Christian, because we just get to make this stuff up as we go. No games have happened for the Avs. No real Avs news has happened. We're getting close to the trade deadline. The Avs have not done anything. And as we'll probably talk about in this episode, probably are not going to be doing much over the next little while. I love these ones. They're just so freeing. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a blast. Yeah. Um...
0: We always say this could be a short episode. I have a feeling we'll somehow it, manage to be like an hour 30 in this one.
1: This will uh, be 90 minutes long because yeah. there there is no structure. So therefore, we are just going to go on the most random tangents we can. Imagine.
0: Random tangents of all time. Um, But we'll try to keep it uh, pretty abs related to start Um, because the abs have had a grand total of one practice since their game uh, against the Oilers on Sunday. And it wasn't even a mandatory practice. It was a optional practice. Um, but we did get the good news and we got the first sights. It felt like we were seeing a, uh, like a, like a Bigfoot in the wild. Uh, Gabe Landeskog is skating in Denver. Um, and I will tell you, I tweeted this out. Uh, Evan tweeted out some videos <laughs> of Landy skating and even at, what would you call that for him? 1% effort. He is already a significantly better skater than I will ever be.
1: Yeah, I think that's very safe to say that Landis Gog on one leg and skating for the first time pretty much since the final is doing that better than I will do anything in my life. Not even just skating, just anything. Yeah,
0: it's very funny because he's just going like super slow. And it's just like, I I could not do that even with a fully healthy body. I don't think I could even come close to doing that.
1: If I did that, I'd break my neck.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And he just made it look so effortless. Uh, So that... Made me laugh because that is probably the closest I will ever be to skating ability with Gabe Landeskog uh, in my life. But um, we did get some more video of him today, and he picked up the pace a little bit. I still think we're a ways away from seeing Gabe Landeskog even practice with the team. But even just having him in the area, around the team, I think is already a big win.
1: Oh, yeah. You you saw him on the glass like a proud parent at practice too, just banging on the glass. Everyone's smiling at him and waving at him. This team already just with Gabe in the general vicinity, I think is getting a massive boost and imagine the first game he puts that uniform on and steps on the ice with the team. They're going to win that game eight to nothing. It's going to be the biggest morale boost this team has had all season. Without a doubt. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to
0: that. Um, It seems like we're closer than we've been ever with him returning. And that's still, we're still talking probably a month away before he even realistically joins the team to play.
1: Yeah. So it's good to see Gabe back out on the ice, but it hasn't been all good news with the Avs lately. We talked last episode that seemed like Kale McCarr may have have avoided another concussion against St. Louis. That is not the case. He uh, is going to miss these upcoming games against Winnipeg and Calgary because of more concussion symptoms that took a little while to surface, which does kind of beg the question – as to why he was not looked at for a concussion at the time anyway. Because remember, he was not pulled from that game for concussion spotting. He was pulled because he got whacked on the nose with his visor, and that's what they were looking at with him. The, The NHL really needs to do a better job with this. I think that's just plain and simple, that the concussion spotter did not pull him, and now he went back into that game and is now suffering from concussion symptoms.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that they trusted the player too much because all reports were that Kale just said it was his nose. It wasn't well, anything to do with his head. Well, that's uh, the
1: thing. it's it, That's not the trainer's job. That's no. the concussion spotter's job. Right. Who did not even initiate the process of doing their right. job. That's the tough part. But, uh, I mean, it's not a good look for the NHL,
0: but we all kind of know how the NHL is when it comes to concussions. Yeah, like, they
1: act like they're not real.
0: Right. So... Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those weird things. I cannot believe Patrick Kane just scored again. Holy shit! Yeah,
1: where <laughs> I was, I, I saw the look on your face as I was talking. So we're we're watching Chicago and Dallas right now. is three nothing as we started recording. Chicago has already tied the game at three, and Patrick Kane has all three points.
0: Jesus Christ! Okay, um, that's crazy. Trade value, like you said, going up. Um, but. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things when it comes to the concussions, like you want the NHL to get better. It, it does. It's not a good look for him when one of the best players in the world twice in the span of two weeks has cleared your concussion protocol and then a day later gone into concussion protocol. Like it's not the best look for the NHL. Um, and it's weird because like even in the NFL, if if they even think you may have a concussion, they rule you out like you may have a concussion they will yeah well except for tua but um <laughs> but most of the time they they usually play it pretty safe but uh in the grand scheme of things you gotta protect the player from himself and that kind of seems to be the scenario and kale's a gamer he wants to play but someone's got to be there to be like nah dude you, you aren't going back in
1: yeah if if you're getting cleared to play an NHL player is not going to argue with that. They're not going right. to be like, yeah, well, I don't feel like this. If they say you're good to go, you're good to go. They're just going to go back out there and do their job. Like, There's nothing on Kale's part to do any of this. It's on the NHL to protect their players. And once again, for the second time this month, we've seen just a complete failure from them. The failure to punish Jeff Carter for a reckless hit and the failure to even spot a concussion or even try to spot a concussion on the second one. For the 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 head contact by Torpchenko. and so here we are again. And hopefully Kale is limited to just missing this weekend. He was skating with Gabe Landeskog, which hopefully means they're just taking it slow with this. And hopefully we'll see him back against Vegas because this Avs team is finally trending in the right direction of getting healthy. We're nine days away from the trade deadline, and by the time we actually reach the playoffs, this team could look very different than the one we've seen all season.
0: And that's weird to think about because they aren't going to really add anything at the trade deadline, but they're going to add so many key injuries back that it's going to feel like you just
1: acquired a new player. Yeah. I mean, this trade deadline, I guess we can just talk about it now is going to be really interesting for the Avs in the sense that it might not be very interesting at all. Because yeah, the, the, the more be you, the more you look into this, the less it really seems like they're going to do much. And even if Eric Johnson is put on LTIR until the playoffs, which opens up $6 million in cap space, I don't really think that does anything because the Avs still have to move things in order to get a player. And right now you look at the trade market. What's been the number one thing all season? Second Second line line center. center. Second line center. And there's not a lot of those guys left on the market, at very least not rentals. The ones that we've talked about are guys with term, like Adam Henrique. Ryan O'Reilly is in Toronto. Jonathan Tays is not getting traded. And there's not a lot of guys left out there. And the Avs are not really in a position where they can be winning bidding wars. If Adam Henrique is coveted by several teams, the Avs are either going to miss out or give up on a prospect that they probably would rather not.
0: And I think as Avs fans, we need to prepare ourselves for the fact there's not going to be a lot done for this team this year, this trade deadline, or just isn't, there isn't going to be a lot. So um, I've come to grow like once O'Reilly and Horvath went off the market, you're kind of like, that's pretty much all we were rumored to get. I don't see us getting anyone else.
1: And the thing is like, I've been thinking recently, like I haven't even seen any rumors about guys the Avs are in on. And that was all but confirmed for me when I read 32 Thoughts last night when Elliot Friedman had nothing to say about the abs saying that like well the main thing they're going to get past the deadline is healthy hopefully and the only name he even mentioned is Luke Shen and immediately said that's not going to happen. The abs are connected to nobody, which either means that they're doing a fantastic job at covering up everything that they're doing or are really not in on several of the big names on the market. And again, I don't think that's really a bad thing that deserves criticism because, again, we've talked about this for months. I just don't know what they do in the price ranges that they can afford because, yeah, they have both of their first round picks this year and next year's. They have guys like Oscar Lawson. but are the players that are available right now worth mortgaging your futures that much?
0: I don't think so. I mean, if it was for O'Reilly – I think that's a little bit different of a story. Uh, but and even that kind of like yeah, for like Jack Roslovic or Adam Henry, Gustav Nyquist, nah, I'm good. Like I, I just don't see because you traded away all of your prospects last year to win the cup. And that's it's the sacrifice you make, and it was a good sacrifice. But now you're looking at this year, it just does not look like we're going to be very big, um, very big in the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, I think the Avs are going to do something. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we walk away almost nine to ten days from now, and the Avs down the middle might be completely the same.
0: Would not shock me in the least. Because you're getting
1: back Gabe Landeskog,
0: who can play center. He can. Miko Ranton has shown that he can play center. But also, like you said, JT Comfort has been everything. Like, he, he's no one was going to be Nazem awesome Kadri. No one was, but JT Comfer at least been, would you say, 65, 70% of him
1: this year? I think, I think even just taking Nazem Kadri out of the equation, JT Comfer has been the best version of JT Comfer right. that we have ever seen in his career. He is shattering all of his career highs. And you know what? If let's say you're going up against Winnipeg in the first round and you're telling me our second line is Gabe Landeskog, JT Comfer, Val Nachushkin. That's not that bad. That's not the end of the world at all. Could it be better? Would it be better if you put Adam Henrique on that line? Absolutely. Sure, Sure, it definitely would be. But Adam Henrique is not going to be cheap. That's your first round pick. That's how how it starts. And then every other team that's in a conversation with them is going to be putting their first round pick in there and putting a prospect on the table. What prospect would you give up for Adam Henrique that you would feel comfortable with? sample ranta and <laughs> i don't think yeah. anyone would want him exactly we're basically giving you a first round pick that is probably realistically going to be 28 up yep. at the i'd say at the very least you're hoping at that point if you're anaheim that the abs get upset in the first round and that goes down into the the early 20s and a guy who maybe one day could be a decent bottom six goal scorer or something along those lines and other teams have a lot more prospects that they would feel much more inclined to trade because they just have so many more. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, we just don't have anything, man. And you need to restock that cupboard. And that's why I don't think you move your first round pick this year.
1: Yeah. And we also don't pick until the fifth round after that. We traded all of our other draft capital. I'm not opposed to moving our first round pick. If anything, if you're trading a first round pick, The 2024 first-round pick, I'd say throw it in the sun for all I care. I say you keep this one. But we have no second or third-round pick even next year as well. So at some point, you do have to draft players in order to restock those cupboards at all. And this might be a bit controversial, but I think if there's a year to not really go all in for it, the West sucks right now, and the Avs have still not been themselves all season. They're going to get Gabe Landeskog back. I think if you do pick around the edges a little bit, especially now with Eric Johnson, probably going to be sitting out until the playoffs and maybe more. Maybe you do look into a a bottom pair defenseman to shore up that defensive depth. And maybe, like I said, you walk away with your center depth looking the same.
0: I I think that's realistically what's going to happen. And not a lot of fans aren't going to like to hear that they aren't going to like to hear it but that's just where we're at and like you said the west fucking sucks dude like we're watching we watched two of the top teams in the west in the jets and the stars play tonight the jets lost to the islanders and looked anemic offensively um and the stars are struggling with chicago this is coming wow. off a loss to columbus yep. like the west is not good and the avs healthy are the best team in the west
1: yeah and the second best team is who LA it's, it's, i'd say Dallas right now Edmonton right. Edmonton is the definition of a wild card but until they stop blowing these leads and actually show that they can handle pressure i just i, I feel like i'm giving up on them to a certain point that i'm fine with that i don't like the oilers but we always talk about them as being like, well, if they just do this, when is it going to stop being if with Edmonton? And I don't believe it's going to be different this time because they haven't shown it's different. They're the same team they've been.
0: Yeah, They don't seem like they're going to be making a big move at the trade deadline either.
1: Yeah, well, because so, it's Ken Holland as their GM, like notably one of the biggest cowards as a general manager in the NHL, who famously once said in a season where the Edmonton Oilers should absolutely be going all in, that you can't well, you can't just go in every year you know you can't just go in all the time right when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl wasting away their primes you just can't go in apparently ever in his case
0: and it's not like he's killing it with the draft <laughs> i mean like, like <laughs> when
1: did the oilers like really knocked one out of the park like stort skinner was that even him
0: i don't know try to think didn't that xavier borgalo guy just get like fucking suspended from the qmjhl for punching a fan are you sure yeah like there you go that was a good one i remember when i did scouting on him when we first started and i was like this guy could be a good prospect for the abs and i was like ah thank yeah. god it was wrong there
1: yeah and the oilers mean i think they're gonna do something but ken holland said yeah we're dollar in dollar out like okay dude sure just waste another year right what's another year
0: what's another year
1: yeah. What's another like, year to this team? Like You've only got two more years of Leon Dreisaitl after this, three more years of Conor McDavid. You'll just sign him again. It's not a big deal. It's fine. You hope so. You hope so. But I, I agree with you. I mean, the West is
0: dog shit. And I just think a healthy Avs team can get through the West easy. Do I think we can get through an Eastern Conference team this year? I don't know. It depends what
1: which, which Eastern Conference team. I say you wait and see how beat up they are going into that right. series. And I say, I'll put it like this. There are teams in the West that can beat the abs in the playoffs. I think Dallas is a tough series. I think even Winnipeg would be a tough series, especially if they're hundred percent healthy as well. They're a motivated team. We'll wait to see what they do at the deadline. I think the Oilers would be a tougher series this year. And there could be teams in the Pacific, like Vegas, if they really get together, that would be tough. However, the only team in the West I think that can win the Stanley cup is the Avalanche. Oh, I think right. there are teams that can beat them in the West, but if a team in the West is going to win the whole thing, it's the abs. If it's not them, no one in the West is winning this year. They're not beating that Eastern team, whoever it is. Cause it really doesn't matter if it's any it of that. If it's any of that top six, you're screwed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the abs are the only ones that stand a chance. And that's just because the team that they have already is a Stanley cup champion. Like, I just, it's going to be weird this playoffs because it's not going to be as easy as it was last playoffs. Like, I think it's going to be
1: really stressful. Like, if we play Winnipeg in the first round, that's going to be a tough series. You're not rolling over them. That's a six game series, at least.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be different because last year we were so spoiled. They were so dominant. They were so by far clearly the best team in the league. And then this year it's going to be tough. And we've seen it this year already. It's been tough watching them in the regular season. Um, this team has flaws. I think every team in the West has major flaws. Massive but I think flaw.
1: This is yeah. one of the worst conferences I have ever seen.
0: Yeah. I, I think the abs have the least amount of flaws out of the teams in the West.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, even Dallas, they are, probably the most balanced team in the West right now, at least, especially as the Avs are still dealing with stuff. No one in the Pacific really scares me all that much. Winnipeg has had a really good start to the season and they've kind of tapered off a little bit. Seems like right now they're going through a bit of a scoring slump. When they put it all together, they're a little scary, especially with Connor Hellebuck. And now they have Josh Morrissey finally playing. Is Hellebuck not scary with the fact that he's playing like all these fucking games? That's also the thing, though, is this does not seem like a UC Soros thing from last season. And we've also seen Hellebuck in the playoffs before after playing all these games. He's great. But then at a certain point, your muscles just don't work the same anymore.
0: Yeah. Like, that's why I'm worried. he played all three of these games on this road trip for him. The second half of back-to-back. You could say the same thing about the ABS with Georgiev,
1: but... At least we have a backup goalie plan. Yeah. You know? But the Jets, they don't they, their backup is not hurt. They just don't use them.
0: Right. So it's just, it's one of those things that's interesting about me, about the Jets. And you look at the stars too. I mean, the stars, like Bednar was saying, they have what, like three games missed by their, by their starters. Like they've yeah. been so I, incredibly healthy this year. It's absurd.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think all of them have been rope hints as well. And yeah. I think, I think Dallas is going to take a big swing at the deadline because I, I think they have to. They do. I think this might be the last few years they get of Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben even being remotely productive. They're already not what they used to be, and they're making a lot of money. If Patrick Kane does end up wanting to go there, I think that adds a lot more of an offensive touch to them. And I don't know what else they would do after that. Maybe a James Van Riemsdyk to them or Winnipeg. Like one of them has to do something big. There, that domino in the West has not fallen yet, which has kind of surprised me that all of the big moves have been made in the East with Horvat and Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. No one in the West has really taken that swing yet. And I think it's going to be Dallas or maybe Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg has to because I don't know how good they're going to be next season. Do you think
0: that a lot of these teams were not expecting the Avs to struggle this much and they maybe weren't as prepared to be this big of buyers and be in this good of a position because they just expected the Avs to run away with the West?
1: Well, I think also you look at the Pacific, I don't think it should matter to them how good or bad the Avs are. And with Dallas and Winnipeg, they're already better than they should have been. And And with Winnipeg, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's going to be on that expiring contract. It's not a secret that he wants to go to Montreal. That is the worst-kept secret in the NHL, that he wants to be a Hab someday. And Mark Scheifele's contract is running out sooner than later. He's got one more year after this. Same with Blake Wheeler. And at least Josh Morrissey signed for until 2028. But there's there's their contracts are starting to run out pretty soon. And we've seen with the Jets, they can fall apart pretty fast.
0: Very fast. I mean, look at what they've done the past three years. Like yeah. it, it, they went from Western Conference Finals to nothing, absolutely nothing in the blink of an eye. Um, so you'll have to see what happens with that. I really am intrigued to see um, what these teams do because the ABS aren't going to be buyers, like we said. And the teams we thought could be sellers like the Kraken, they're not going to sell. They're going to be buying. Yeah. Um, if you look at Vegas, they're going to be buying. They just traded the Shea Weber contract, which – that's an interesting move. Um,
1: underrated, to... spot, underrated spot for Patrick Kane is Vegas, in my opinion. They're always – they're in on everybody all the time. And with Mark Stone out until the playoffs, they're pissed about last season. And I think they're definitely a team that's going to try to take one more big swing at this because why not at this point? They already have so many times. – they're screwed anyway. Like yeah. what's, a, what's another first? What's another first and you get –
0: what would Chicago have to retain salary-wise? Like 12% to get it down to that $9 million
1: is yeah, what it, someone's making? Yeah. I mean, they're, they'll retain half, I'd say, no matter what it ends up being. And because at 10.5, that's, that's 5.25 you're still going to have to fit. Right. Probably talking about another team coming in there, no matter where Kane goes. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. All you have to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place in a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball guy, but those Denver Nuggets, they're looking like some free money right now. If you want to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I don't know. I just, I Vegas does make a
0: lot of sense, but I don't know if he wants to, like, he has to, if you're Patrick Kane, you probably, if you really want to chase a cup, do you go to an Eastern Conference team? Because the East is fucking loaded. The yeah. West is wide open right now. Yeah.
1: If Patrick Kane's playing like this and not the way he was earlier in the season, that's a difference maker. And especially in the Pacific, if he goes to Vegas, that automatically makes them the favorites.
0: Right. Because he is, I mean, he's looking like fucking 2013 Patrick Kane right now.
1: It's absurd. Honestly, honestly, I had this thought earlier today. Is Patrick Kane not having the perfect season for the Blackhawks? Where... For the first 60% of the season, he almost doesn't exist and helps them lose games. And then right before the trade deadline, he goes back to old Patrick Kane. And now he's going to get them a ton of draft picks. Is that not exactly what they wanted? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it is exactly what they wanted because
0: they're bad. They're really bad. But Patrick Kane's keeping them in games right now.
1: Yeah. So literally right now, they'd be down three to nothing if they didn't have Patrick Kane. Right.
0: So I don't know. I also still think like there's a real possibility. He he just doesn't leave. I really think there's a possibility he doesn't get traded.
1: I mean, he can always just come back. He can go chase a cup for half a season and just sign back in Chicago again.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. It'd be interesting for sure. I'm intrigued to see what he does, but I think it is a team in the West. If you can get a chance to get Patrick Kane, the West is wide open. Like it is not a foregone conclusion that the Avs are going to dominate their way to another Stanley Cup final appearance. Um, so I hope it's not Dallas. I hope it's not Western conference team that gets Patrick Kane, but it makes the most sense for them to get a Patrick Kane.
1: Yeah. And I I think we should bring this back to the abs a little bit and look at some of their options for the trade deadline, because they're going to do something. This is not a finished product quite yet in Colorado. Do you think they go out and improve their center depth at all? Like a second line center, third line center, fourth line center.
0: Probably a fourth line center. I think that makes the most sense just because you don't know what's going on with Darren Helm. You just need to have that backup plan.
1: Yeah. Um, and as it, I stand, like, as it stands right now, you kind of don't have one.
0: Right. So I think they go get someone. Who is that? I don't fucking know, man. I, I don't know what fourth liners are going to be available. You had mentioned Travis Boyd earlier. I mean, that that could be a decent option. Yeah.
1: Uh, Travis Boyd, Nick dad. I think those are decent-ish options. I mean, Boyd has another year. On his contract. And if you're going to be doing the fourth line center thing, I think you'd rather do a Nick Bukestad and just have that flexibility in right. the offseason. He makes $900,000. He'll come in and he hasn't been bad this season in Arizona at all, at least from what I can remember. He's got 13 goals and 10 assists in 57 games. That's some pretty decent depth scoring. Actually, I imagine Pukestad might fetch a little bit more of a return. Than we can imagine, which unfortunately might put the abs out of the running because right. we don't have any picks outside of our own first. We don't that have third or fourth, <laughs> which is very annoying because there are there are players that I think would work on the abs, like a Nick Bugstad, or if the caps end up being sellers, a Garnet Hathaway that I think would work really well. But those are guys that cost like second, third round picks. I'm not giving up a first for any of them anytime soon. And we don't really have like an equivalent prospect swap that would make sense in that instance as well. And I don't think anyone's going to be too excited to be taking on next year's fourth round pick. You know who we're going to end up with and it's just going to infuriate you.
0: Take a guess.
1: This this could be so many people.
0: Lars Eller. I would not be shocked if Lars Eller ends up on the abs.
1: Oh man, that would be (laughs) so bad. And I know it's not going to happen because I know Sackick and McFarland are not dumb. Lars Eller is terrible this season, and he makes too much money. Yeah, I. Yeah, if there's just
0: like that, would just really just drive it home to you. You Try to get rid of him from one team, and he ends up joining your other team.
1: Maybe he needs a fresh start or something. (laughs) I don't know. If there's one cap that I think the Avs should get, I think it is Garnet Hathaway. Because oh, the, he'd be great. The caps should be sellers. They're done. The they are not making the playoffs this season. And if they are not actively selling all of the expiring contracts they have, I think I think that's just silly. I think that'd just be straight up stupid. They have they have um, who they got. They have Eller expiring, Hathaway expiring, Sheary expiring, Marcus Johansson expiring, Awe Q Bell expiring, familiar face, Orlov, Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, Gustafson, McElrath. They have Alexiev and Ferravari as RFAs. They could get a lot of draft picks at this deadline. And Garnet Hathaway would be an amazing shit stir on that fourth line for the abs.
0: The name you just brought up for the abs. I could see like Connor Sherry would be a really good Av.
1: He would be, but I think it's the same problem. We don't have the pick to give yeah. that other teams. Would. I think if Sherry's on the market, there's a lot of teams that would go and get him. Oh yeah. He kicks Shiri, ass, man. He's very good, especially for someone at his size. Like Sherry's not a big guy. He's five eight, one seventy nine. 179 He plays real hard and he's got good playoff experience he won back-to-back cups with the penguins in 16 and 17 he scored uh, in game two i believe he scored the overtime winner in that game to put the penguins up two to nothing against the sharks and for the caps he's been remarkably consistent for them over the last three seasons there are good players on the caps that i think the abs should look into if they had the capital to do it. it's such a shame the caps signed dylan strome because that's the guy that is absolutely the number one target for the Avs that I would have said for them to get at this deadline if the Caps didn't extend him, I'd say first, and I'd be willing to give up a pretty decent prospect to go get him as well and win that bidding war. Because Dylan Strome, perfect fit for this team. Oh, now, yeah. now that he's on the Caps and has a home, he's been remarkable. He's a completely different player. Yeah. It's just, we talk
0: about it. I just, the Avs are going to get outbid on everyone. They're yeah. just going to. This and is I'm-
1: the this is the only spot that the Avalanche can. They just don't have the firepower. They have it on the ice. They don't have it in draft capital, and they don't have it in their prospect pool. If another team wants a player, odds are they have the better package to put out there. Yep. I don't. Th- the Avs are going to get someone. I don't know if it's Adam Henrique. I'd like it to be Adam Henrique, and I'd also like to not give up John Luke Foodie or Sean Barons or Oscar Elouson. But if you do get Adam Henrique especially to get them to retain some of that contract, because that's a next season thing as well. You're going to have to give up something of value and you don't have a lot of those things left.
0: Nope. And you take a look. And if you look farther than just this season with the avs you have JT Comfort who needs a new deal, who I think after this year, I think you should bring it back. Um, you have Evan Rodriguez, who's been, who's been great this year. You'd love to bring him back. You give those contracts out to what you think each player is going to get. There's not a lot of money to go
1: around for this yeah. team. You have Bo Byram, who's going to be getting a new contract. You have Alex Newhook, who's going to yeah. be getting a new contract. You have a lot of your your bottom six players that are going to need to be getting new contracts. Like, I think they should bring Matt Nieto back, but every dollar is going to count for this team this offseason. Like, you look, they don't have a lot of guys under contract for next season. It's Comfer, Rodriguez, Cagliano. Helm, Newhook, Nieto, Malgan, Byram, Eric Johnson as well, all are going to be guys that are going to be needing new contracts or are going to walk. And if Adam Henrique becomes a Colorado Avalanche at any price, that probably means the end of one, if not both, JT Comfort and Evan Rodriguez.
0: And at that point, I would rather have Evan Rodriguez and JT Comfort because I know what they can do with this team.
1: But also is this a contract season for JT Comfer? And then you sign him, and then he goes back down to the level that he has been in the past.
0: That's going to be the tough decision they're going to have to make. It's going to be very, very interesting. The the thing we have to realize as Avs fans is we're entering now the time where putting a product on the ice that is consistently championship level is going to get very hard.
1: Yep, especially, because, as, especially as the salary cap is kind of staying the same and Nathan McKinnon's contract kicks in next season, which is double what he's making right now. That is going to make it harder to ice a good team. And please go on because I cut you yeah. off.
0: It's going to be harder. And then you look at the fact
1: that Miko Ranton's
0: contract's up in two years. You have Devon Taves, who's up next year too. Like There are a lot of abs key players that you're going to have to take a – like a hard look in the mirror. Obviously, Miko Ranson is going to be like if he leaves, that would be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of abs fans.
1: He won't. Um that is it's not on the table. Miko, yeah. Miko Ranson will be back.
0: Yeah. But Devon Taves, is like that. That's gonna be tough, man. That's, that's gonna that's be a tough really one. Tough. That
1: I think that is a salary cap casualty eventually yes. with Devon Taves. as much as I hate to say it, because I love Devon Taves. I just don't know how that money works unless the cap skyrockets,
0: unless the cap skyrockets, or you move on from Gerard, which seems
1: even even then Gerard's only 5 million. Like that's not, that's clear enough room to maybe fill out the bottoms of your roster.
0: Yeah, but I, I, it's going, there's going to be a familiar face on this abs team that will leave in the next two years. A very familiar fan favorite that's going to be tough.
1: Well, I mean, just look at St. Louis the last couple of seasons. Ever since they won the Stanley Cup, already a lot of those guys are gone. And even like they've only traded O'Reilly and Tarasenko at this deadline. And not a lot of players from that Stanley Cup team are really still there. And that played in that game seven. It's Braden Shen and Colton Pareco, Jordan Bennington. Not a lot of guys. I
0: think the difference between the Avs and the Blues, though, is the Avs haven't, like, what's a bad contract the Avs have signed that they're locked into right now? Is it Gerard Is that the worst one? And that's not even a terrible one.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think they have a bad contract on the books right now. You can't put Eric Johnson as that anymore when he expires at the end of this season. But you look at a lot of the championship teams from the last several seasons. I mean, even a team like Tampa Bay. Andre Palat had a fantastic playoff last year and walked out the door these are just tough cap casualties that have to happen and tampa might be in a very similar boat to us right now because they don't they're in a, kind of the same but opposite situation they don't have either first round pick for the next 2 years they don't have their second this year but they have all of their picks after that so they're not going to be in on the big names but maybe a lot of those guys that we talked about like a garnet hathaway are those are the guys they're going to get
0: yeah, the, it sucks because the abs have been so smart and picked up some really good players using those late round draft picks. But now you kind of, you run to a predicament where you don't have those.
1: Right, there's only so many good players you can get in the late round. There's a reason a lot of them are late round picks and you might find the occasional diamond in the rough. That diamond in the rough might be a bottom pair defenseman.
0: Yeah, there's more bottom pair defensemen than... Uh, Karel Kaprizovs or Jamie Benz.
1: right? Like Karel Kaprizov took like seven years to bring yeah. over. Like a lot of those superstars that you're finding in the late rounds are late bloomers at best, and it's tough. You can't really build a team based off of Devontae's
0: perfect yeah. example of it. Late yeah. bloomer.
1: He he's already almost in his 30s, and he took forever to really break out. It really wasn't until he came to the Avs that he turned into one of the best supporting defensemen in the NHL. Oh, it's Von Taves is going to get.
0: Paid in his it's, next
1: contract. It is disgusting how much Devontae <laughs> is going to get. Like I, because we think about like, oh, how we bring back Devontae? How would he make that work? I don't know if we have room for an eight million dollar defenseman. Because I think that's exactly what he's gonna get between seven and eight million dollars on an incredibly long term deal.
0: He kicks ass, man. Like some team's gonna overpay for him, and I, I will be a Devontae's fan till I die. Like unless he goes to like Minnesota or someone like that, like. I I will be a Devontae stand till the end of time, but he's going to get paid. And it's, it's just one of those things, man. The abs are just in, I still think the abs are a championship level team. It's just, they aren't going to be adding a ton at this deadline. Yeah. I think we're going to see a, a change in what the abs do philosophy wise. And it's going to be those free agent contracts. You sign where it's like a one year, $1 million prove it deal. And they're going to find the guys analytically who fit in and they can fit that profile. That's what the abs are going to become. And the days of being like the dark horse for every big name in the trade, those are gone. Those are gone now. And that's, that's just what happens when you're a good hockey team.
1: Yeah. And a lot of teams like Pittsburgh and Washington over the last little while, they don't really value their first round picks all that much. And they haven't for a long time. But as long as Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Cale McCarr are on this team, this is a championship-caliber team. You can fill out the rest of the roster with whatever you want. As long as you have those three guys, you are in your championship window. And a lot of those other guys are going to, to come and go over the years. And there's gonna be deadlines like this where there's not gonna be a lot that happens, or maybe there is. Maybe, maybe they've just got <laughs> the biggest bomb of all time planned that nobody has heard. Nazam Kadri's coming back. Because <laughs> again, like we've heard the abs on nothing. We've heard that they were interested in Ryan O'Reilly before he ended up going to the Leafs, and that that's really all that we have so far. So I just I just don't know. And again. I don't know how desperately, like we've talked about you need a second line center. I think it'd be nice, but I I really don't hate having for in that role and spending some of those other assets to fill out the rest of the lineup, fill out the bottom six and loading up your depth and just shoring up your defense a little bit, especially since it's been so injured this season. Jack Johnson, come on down. I'd, lo- I'd love Jack Johnson, just not on the ice as he has. <laughs> unfortunately had one of the worst defensive seasons in history so far with the Blackhawks. So, but if you get him for future considerations and he just stands behind the bench and, and claps every time a line shift comes, I'd be a big fan of that. I would love it. But So we'll
0: see. The abs have a, uh, a lot to do coming up, um, but we'll see it. it I, I completely agree with you. We're saying all this stuff now and, Maybe by tomorrow the Abs make a big trade, and we're like, "Well, we were completely fucking wrong."
1: Because <laughs> yeah. like you knew last season they were gonna they were gonna do something big. Like they were talking about Claude Giroux, and then they came out of nowhere with Arturi Leckinen and Josh Manson, and they got Cogliano at the last second. I think we're gonna be looking at a lot of those Cogliano deals at the deadline, yes. like one or two of them. And they're gonna do something, but I just don't think it's gonna be the the swing for the fences. Kind of move that maybe we're expecting because I really do think that even the Avs currently as constructed can go to the Stanley Cup final because absolutely we also have to remember Gabe God is your trade deadline addition. He has not played all season and he comes back in March. That's adding a top line forward to your lineup and the best captain in in, in the NHL. That's a pretty good trade deadline addition that you're getting for absolutely nothing.
0: Yes, you're adding him off the LTIR. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're getting. So. We'll see. There's gonna be we'll have a lot more trade deadline talk coming up in the next couple of weeks as we get closer. It's but
1: I, nine days, man. There's not yeah. much left.
0: We'll 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 have a little bit more, I'm sure, after these games, but I did kind of want to pivot because we actually have some games to talk about coming up in this next couple of couple of days. Um starting with the Winnipeg Jets, that is a big game. You are oh one and one against them this year. Um both those games came kind of early in the season. The Jets have cooled off tremendously since the start of their year. They're still a good playoff team, but I think they're vulnerable right now. The only thing that scares me about this game is the fact the Avs are playing, one, without Kael and two, they have not played in four days.
1: Yeah, the four days thing kind of does throw me off, but the Jets have played three games since we have last played one at all, and they only won one of them. So right now, the Avs have three games in hand on the Jets, and they're only four points back. If they win this game against the Jets, they still have the three games in hand, and they're only two points back. The math is very good for them to have home ice advantage in the first round. So it's at this point in the season where... Every game against any team in the playoffs is your biggest game of the season. Same as it was against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Now it's this one against the jets. And then next week, the biggest game of the season is going to be against Dallas. That's just how it works all the time.
0: How it works. And I, I just really think the Avs are playing some, like as much as we give them shit for Sometimes like that fucking Tampa Bay game, both the Tampa Bay games where it's like, you fuck that up. Over the past 15 games, they've looked like the ABS that we've become used to seeing. That Edmonton game, like we said on Sunday, was a character win. You had no business winning that game, and you came back to win it. Um, So against a Winnipeg team, this is their first game after a big road trip. They're coming back. They got kind of the the shit kicked out of them in all of them. Um. Nah, I wouldn't say that shit could have them They they lucked into Connor Hellbuck bailing them out against the Rangers. Yeah, they lost to the Devils, and then they got goalie by Sorokin tonight. That's a murderous row of goalies to face in a three game stretch. Jesus Christ. Um, I think they're vulnerable. I think the Abs win this game. Uh, I think they win. 4-2. to two. I think McKinnon continues his off-streak, gets a couple goals. And I think Bo Byram gets the game-winning goal in this game. I feel like Bo Byram's going to have a huge game.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a real litmus test to where not just the Abs are at, but where the Jets are at as well at this point in the season. Because The Jets are going to be up for this game. They know very well that the Abs are nipping on their heels. I think it's going to be a great game. I also think it's going to be a game that the Avs make a statement in. I, th- I think they're going to win big in this one and I'd say I like I'd say big saying 5 to 2. The the Jets have been a point of frustration for them in the two games this season. They didn't play particularly well in either of those games. The first one they lost in overtime, the second one they they got the doors blown off in Winnipeg in a 5 nothing loss, one of their worst games of the season. And I think this team has 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 some moxie right now. They're 11-2 2 in their last 15 games and two of those are against the Tampa Bay Lightning. One of the regulation losses was to Tampa, and another one of the the past regulation losses was to Tampa again. And the other one was a fluke to the Ducks. This team is playing real good hockey right now, and Gabe Landeskog is, is half back right now. He's with the team at the moment, and just that alone I think is a really big boost for this team. Even without Kale McCarr, they've done a pretty good job without him. I think they're undefeated without him this year. Yeah. They lost they lost the games against Tampa without him and they got him back for two periods against the Blues and they and lost one and then against Edmonton they won that game too I mean it's not a death sentence without McCarr, especially with Byron back if they didn't have Bo Byron that would definitely oh. not be the case at all it I I feel like I come on here every episode and just talk about how important Bo Byram is. And I will never tire of talking about it because Bo Byram is ridiculously important to this team. And we need to talk about it more. Bo Byram has really stepped into that role as not Kale McCarr replacement, but holding down the fort while McCarr is gone for a little while. I think I totally agree. I think again, he's going to have a huge game against the jets. I think Nathan McKinnon's going to go off. And this is the last game you have in Winnipeg before more than likely, you're going to be going there in a seven-game playoff series. I think you got to make a statement in this game, and I think the Avs win it 5-2. to two.
0: I don't hate that. I also – did you ever see – I don't know if you've been watching Jets games on their broadcast. They were pubbing up Morrissey versus Makar.
1: Oh, they, oh, they've been doing that since game 10. <laughs> they've been pumping up the, the Josh Norrisy campaign all season long. He's going to finish like fifth.
0: Yeah, it's very funny. Josh Morrissey's a great defenseman. Great defenseman. He's been great. Nowhere this close year. to kill. He's guard. been
1: great this year. If you had that conversation about Josh Morrissey in the offseason, I just call him Morrissey. They're, yeah, they're getting, it's it. working on you. It's the a psyop. They're, they're digging into my brain. It's a psyop. But if you had the conversation about Josh Morrissey this offseason, he wouldn't even rank in the top 20. Yeah. He's having a great season. He's a great defenseman. Holy shit, slow down. Yeah. But also I think we should be complimented by the fact that any time a defenseman is good, the immediate comparison is Kael McCarr. Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that too. That tells you who the best defenseman is. If your immediate comparison is to the same guy as everyone else is comparing their guy to that guy's the best. It's not, it's, pretty Vick, good. it's not Victor yeah. Hedman. It's not Adam Fox, not Roman Yossi. It's Kael McCarr. It's Kael McCarr. Um,
0: uh... So that'll be a fun game. I, I would love to see the Avs blow them out. I really would. Um, Or make
1: a statement. But also, let, let's that... be honest with ourselves. It's going to be an overtime game because that's what the Avs do.
0: Yeah. it's Well, just actually,
1: going... I don't know because that's not what the Jets do.
0: No, the Jets don't go there. I, I think the Avs win this game. I just think they're going to start a little slow because four days off, you have to shake off a little bit of the rust. Um, I think they rally to win this game. Have uh... the Jets only gone
1: to overtime twice? Because I'm looking at their record right now. They have... 64 regulation overtime wins to 35 wins and one overtime loss. Is there only overtime win against us? That'd be hilarious if it was. That's impressive. I'm going to try to find that out because that is remarkable if that's actually the case. And yeah. also they were they were whining on Twitter, but I actually agree with them here that they were pointing out the standings. They have this is ridiculous. 5 more wins than Dallas and Dallas is ahead of them by four points because Dallas has lost 12 overtime games and Winnipeg has lost one. Yeah. That is so unbelievably broken. That is... The loser point. If there is a case for getting rid of the loser point, it is that. We have more wins than Dallas in less games. We won 31. Dallas has won 30. Winnipeg absolutely has a case for being like, this is bullshit, we deserve to be the top seed in the West right now. We've won the most games. It's got to love the beauty of the loser. If you're going to lose, lose in overtime. I just, if there was ever, ever a reason to get rid of the stupid loser point, it's that. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. They lost in a a shootout, or they they won in a shootout against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why that wouldn't count. Oh, because I'm looking at duh, stupid, stupid. I'm looking at regulation overtime wins.
0: <laughs> I was about to say that doesn't make sense that they're one win because I feel like I've seen them go to overtime a couple times.
1: Yeah, like no, stupid, dumb, idiot. What are you talking about? Uh, that's that might be one of the dumbest things I've ever said because <laughs> they've, they've had they have 27 regulation wins to 35 wins.
0: If it makes you, I got roasted on TikTok today because I you know that TikTok I sent you yeah. of like that guy listing them, and he's like, dude, Sakic's not the GM, and I was like, fuck. You got me there, bud.
1: I, I, I said I said Kevin McFarland last episode too. We're just a collection of, of yeah, not not the smartest people here. on the
0: planet, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean Dallas, I, I think's good, but they they're losing to Chicago right now, which would be yeah. hilarious if they lost to Chicago and Columbus in less than a week.
1: If they uh, lose to Chicago, on the ice. if they lose to Chicago, they've have three wins in their last ten games. Again, they're not playing well ever since they're coming out of the break. And that's very – oh, my God, we have, well, three games in hand on them,
0: too, and we'll only be five yeah. points back.
1: They will, like, if they lose this game, they will have lost five in a row.
0: That's impressive. I mean, that's that's good for the Avs. So everything coming up Avs right now except the trade deadline. Um, but I think we're both in agreement. Jets, big game. You think they win 5-2. I think they come back. I think they fall behind early, but they come back and win. Um,
1: I think they win 4-2. I think Bo Barb gets the GWG. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our new sponsors at Raycon. This is the time of year everyone's making New Year's resolutions, talking about big changes, but most of the time, these are pretty unrealistic, and even the smallest changes can contribute to these habits. And I've found you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase for even the smallest things that can be a part of these big changes. For me, that has been my Raycon headphones. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. For me personally, my new year's resolution has been running. My old headphones are staticky. They ran out of battery too easily. Ever since I switched, Raycons have fixed my routines and made them so much easier. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night, Raycon has you covered. And these are half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose. You can get a pair of headphones and a spare, a speaker, and you're still paying less than you would for even just one pair of headphones from other companies. And even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants you to make sure that you'll feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has a free and easy return guarantee. And best of all, Raycon's features are endless. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, hours of battery life. There's just no reason to not get in on this now. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Now, Back to the episode, uh,
0: but let's move on because we're almost at the end of this stretch. Another back to back against another playoff team, the Calgary Flames, who well, will be in who will be in Denver while the ABS are in Winnipeg. It's just going to be a shit show. Um, I think this game's going to be a lot like the Edmonton one. I really do. Um, the only part that scares me, we don't know who's playing goal for the ABS in that game against Calgary.
1: We just yeah. don't. That's the that's the big factor. I mean, it's a little more even because Calgary has a back to back and one day off. So this is their third game in four days. So maybe that evens it out a little bit, which yeah. I doubt it. But if anything, I mean they're beating Arizona right now five to three. They play Vegas tomorrow. It's probably going to be used as in that, in this game. And the Avs are again going to need to have a very good defensive performance in front of him. And Calgary is a desperate team because thank God they're going to. Well, I I say this Arizona's had a tendency to come back. They're on a nine game point streak right now. So, assuming they hold on to beat Arizona, they'll be at 65 points in 58 games. As of right now, though, they are four points behind Minnesota for the last wild card spot. That is going to be a desperate hockey team. Very much. It's going to be a really tough game. And I. I, I think the Avs are playing well. That they should be able to handle Calgary on the second half of a back to back. I think it's going to come down to Yusuf Hannan though. If he has the game he played against St Louis, where he looks confident and he looks ready, and the Avs are playing good defense in front of him, I think they can get the job done. But if they're a step slow and they're giving up good chances, I'm not at the I'm not at a point with Annan yet where I trust him to stop that. That's not his fault. He's he's not ready yet. It's you know he's still a young goalie, but that might end up being the difference. But we also saw Georgiev didn't have a great night against Edmonton. And sometimes the Avs, when they're playing like this, can outscore their problems.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I really think what's going to come down to is who's in net for Calgary. If it's Markstrom, I like our chances. We kind I of think lit up I think yeah. they're was bad. Like it's going to be very kind of lit up Markstrom. Uh, it's going to be a cool game. I'm excited for the ovation Nazim Kadri is going to get his first game back in Denver since leaving.
1: Um, I'm excited for that, that, that anytime goal scorer bet is going to hit hard. And Oh yeah. For Kadri. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Um, that ovation
0: is going to be really cool to see. Uh, I I've enjoyed going to all, like I went to the Berkey one. We went to the, uh, went to the groovy one. Like it, it was cool to see. Uh, so I, and Nazem Kadri's is probably the more, most important player that left. Yeah. Probably drove home, like how much he loved the fan base and how much the fan base loved him. I mean, Nazem
1: Kadri is one of the most beloved players to, I don't say honestly, to ever leave this team, especially in most recent memory, at least he's going to get a massive ovation.
0: Very much so. So that'll be cool. Um, I agree. Kadri scores. I just think the Avs on home ice, this Calgary team's very, very mediocre. Like they are not that great. They're Um,
1: aggressively mediocre.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline because Nothing. yeah, it I don't think they do anything either, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the Avs win this game. I think they win it. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game with Annan. I think it's like six five and OT. I think I'm just gonna go the same what it was against Edmonton.
1: I think I'm leaning the same way with overtime at the very least. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna give Annan the credit and I'm gonna say the Avs win five to three. And he's, a, he's able to make the big saves. The abs get a big empty net goal to, to put this one away. I think they get 4-4 on the back-to-back end. At that point, the pressure is going to be on Dallas and Winnipeg. Because especially if Dallas, there's under five minutes left in this game, we'll probably end up recording until this game is done, just for the proper yeah. analysis, just to be sure. But if Dallas loses this game and we beat Winnipeg, that gap is not only a possibility; it is probably likely at that point that talking the right. abs are going to catch both of them and win. Isn't it crazy that we're not even out of February yet, and we're yeah. already talking about the abs are right there? I thought it was going to take to the, like mid March at the earliest before we could have this conversation.
0: Yeah, because we were talking with Evan. What was that like? Less than two weeks ago, and it was like ten point difference. And now all of a sudden, if things break the abs way and they can beat Winnipeg on Friday you're talking three points behind Dallas with three games in hand. Like It's going to be crazy.
1: Yeah. like And, this, the, this and the
0: easiest schedule to end the year after this yep. last little stretch.
1: Oh, yeah. Can't believe we forgot to talk about this so far. So right now, both Colorado and Dallas have the easiest schedules to end the season. And honestly, by the end of the first week in March, the Avs will have the easiest schedule in the NHL because they're going to play Winnipeg. They're going to play Dallas. They're going to play Calgary. They're going to play Vegas. They have New Jersey at the beginning of March, and they have Seattle. That's most of their toughest games in that stretch, just right there. right? They'll have another game against Dallas towards the end of the season, and they still have two games left against LA. So it's it's not that bad when you really look at it, especially once you get past Seattle on March 5th, It's a stretch of San Jose, L.A., Arizona, Montreal, a back-to-back of Toronto and Ottawa, Detroit, and Chicago. Then you play Pittsburgh. Then you play Arizona two games in a row. Anaheim and Minnesota to end the month. That is not that bad.
0: No. And if you go back to what we said on the show when we were coming out of break, in the month of February, the Avs, I think we both agreed, if they can win seven games, you'll be feeling really good about them. Right now they'll have won one, two, three, four. And with these last three, they could, if they win these last three, they go seven, oh, and two. Or seven, one, and two, excuse me, is what they'd go. And that's exactly what we said they had to do to be in contention for the Central. And as it turns out, they realistically could go one, one, and one over this last three-game stretch, and they're still going to be in a really good position.
1: Yeah, getting points in eight of ten of these games, like just assuming – they lose one in regulation of these very games. likely one, one and one, I think is is realistic. I think that's just standard and getting points in eight of 10 of these games is a very good start, especially when you factor in just how shit Dallas has been and how mediocre Winnipeg has been. They're starting to go into a bit of a rut right now at a very good time for the abs. And if they can continue to take care of business, we, we might be winning this division in like mid March. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like it's, it's crazy. Cause I feel know, like for this,
0: this whole year, we've been talking about how the abs are just not the abs anymore and they're, they're struggling. And here we are at the end of February and they're right there. And I don't think that's a testament to the abs. I think that's just a testament to how bad the Western conference is. We
1: really should not be in this conversation. No. Like we should be like, yeah, we'll make the playoffs this year, but you know, we just haven't had the best year and you know, the, a lot of teams, they've picked up slack where the abs have had a bunch of injuries. The fact that we're in this conversation very at fun. all is pathetic. Are we even – like we're on pace for what, like a 100 points right now? Mm-hmm. That should be enough for top three, certainly. There should be no shot, no shot that we are going to win the West in the yeah. regular season. That is crazy.
0: It's very funny Um, because if you would have told me in December that we'd be in this position in February, I would have laughed in your face
1: um but I, as we've seen with the abs this year we do have to beat those bad teams yes that Which is that is the challenge them. at hand yeah. you see the math looks at arizona as you have 3 games left against the coyotes and i go well that's not good that's not <laughs> that that actually that's losses one one. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: that's 1-1 one, one and 1 um so we'll see it, it's going to be very very interesting but as an avs fan i think you just have to prepare yourself Trade deadline's not going to be great. There's there's not going to be a big sexy name they go after. Uh, or maybe there
1: is and we're wrong. Maybe
0: there is. Maybe there is, but just prepare yourself for it not being the the most sexy trade deadline and you're exactly where you want to be as you start to get healthy. You have a chance to win this division and get home ice uh through the first and second round.
1: Yeah. Which and as, especially you look at this team in mid January. I yeah. would be over the moon. If you went back in time and told me after we lost to the Blackhawks, we'd have home ice in the first round, I would do a backflip over the moon. That would be so good to hear. Yeah, and absolutely. the West is, it's just not that tough.
0: It's just not that tough. So we'll see. You just got to get through this last little gauntlet right here. And then it, it you can kind of, t- you can't really take a deep breath because mm-hmm. it's not like your playoff position is a hundred percent secured. But I feel pretty darn good about it right yeah. now. You're,
1: you'll are you be back to where you should be. Right. Like the Avs winning this division coming into this season. Was a of, foregone conclusion. Yeah, kind of a foregone conclusion for the most part. This puts you back to where you probably should be in terms of these other teams and maybe gets you like a better first round matchup. I don't know. But even still, like I, I think Dallas is better than this they're they're going to have a stretch where they start rattling off some more wins and it's going to be a really interesting race to the end of the season and Winnipeg also has a point. They've won 35 games, which is 5 more than Dallas and 4 more than the Abs. The fact that this is even a race is completely unfair to them. Very and, funny though. Yeah, it's also it also is very funny because it doesn't it personally benefits my team. So I th- I think it's fine for the most part. And it's going to be a very interesting race to the end of the season. I think it's probably going to come down to to two or three points. And as as, as we've let points get away from us against Chicago, Dallas is on pace to do that tonight. They did it against the blue jackets. So did Winnipeg. So there you go. There's some of your equalizers right there. And that's them failing to take advantage in the same way that we have failed to take advantage of those teams. I think it's going to come down to a couple points, and I think one of them is going to make a big swing. I I think Winnipeg, if I had to make a guess, is going to get James Van Riemsdyk at the deadline from Philly, retain half. That's probably about three million bucks. Dallas, think I really think them and Winnipeg both should be going all in this season because the West is so weak. The Avs are the only threat, and you really should be loading up as best you can to beat them because if you can, this is the yeah. Because if you can, you really should not be that worried about who comes out of the Pacific. Because that you can, you've obviously shown that if you can beat the Abs, you can beat them. And I don't know who that is. Maybe it is Patrick Kane for Dallas and James Van Riemsdyk for Winnipeg. But I don't know. Yeah. I I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen over the next nine days. There's a lot of things that still have to get worked out. Yeah, without
0: a doubt. But. I don't think I have anything else, man. We, we, we hit about an hour. Um, there's still a minute 40 left in this game. Do you have anything else that's burning on your mind? Uh, we had, it was the 43rd anniversary of the miracle on ice, which was a very random thing to celebrate the 43rd, because that was the most hockey I've seen posted by ESPN all year. And it was for something that happened 43 years ago. Um, where do you rank Miracle in your sports movies of all time?
1: It's my favorite hockey movie. I love Miracle. It's such a good movie. It's, Bold take, I, I it's, think it's it's Miracle and a big gap between that and any, uh, any other hockey movie. Well,
0: see, it's different for me because the way I look at it, Miracle's number one. But if you're asking me some of my favorite hockey movies, The Mighty Ducks is a fantastic movie, but they're two totally different fucking movies. Right.
1: I, I personally enjoy movies like Miracle more in sure. The Mighty Ducks. I love The Mighty Ducks. It's a fantastic movie, but I find myself watching Miracle more, if that makes sense. I agree.
0: Um, could you imagine if like, I remember my dad's telling me stories about watching that game and just like how cool that was. Like, that's one of those moments you look back on, you're like, damn, that would have been really fucking
1: cool. Imagine if Twitter existed for that.
0: Holy shit, people would have actually been watching hockey. Because remember, you may have been – no, you weren't too young.
1: The Vancouver Olympics when Canada and USA matched up in the gold medal. I was nine. I think that was 2010.
0: Yeah, I think that was a little bit before I was on Twitter. But I imagine Twitter was going crazy for that game because – it was fucking awesome. Like that can game. You, was, can you imagine
1: the it. insufferability of that losing to Canada and the gold medal game in Canada and then having to go on Twitter ever?
0: Oh, oh. I just remember that game because I was watching uh my whole family who's a football family was was watching that game. And like they were tuned in and I was like, see guys, hockey kicks ass. And that was when Ryan Miller was really good they are really reviewing this dallas chicago They really
1: are we're really filibustering this right now um
0: but yeah i mean wasn't i just thought that was weird that they fucking espn just like it's the 43rd anniversary
1: they they, they do it every year it's the miracle on ice it's like the one thing hockey has over other sports is that I, i don't think basketball has ever had like impacts on global relations or something like that you know the super bowl has not had like serious global economic implications or anything like that or been one of the granted very small but one of the factors leading to the downfall of the soviet union kind yeah of it was
0: pretty cool pretty cool thing about but uh yeah i mean i i saw that was there any other hockey news today i mean somehow the islanders are back in the playoff picture which is funny the
1: the east is the worst playoff race i have ever seen you have six axe murderers and like a bunch of kitty cats fighting for the bottom two the penguins are out right now the caps would be insane to not be sellers right now and sell off some of those like i've talked about i could go on about that all day and the panthers are just okay and have are now in the playoffs the islanders have been just okay and are three points up on Florida for the top wild card spot because somehow even without Matt Barzal, they're six two and two in their last ten.
0: I the think- Islanders are a scary team to me, and just for the fact of Ilya Sorokin,
1: yeah. that is the and only he, reason why the Islanders. Even are scary. then, he's just, he hasn't been amazing the last couple of games. He's just been okay. He's just I- been okay, but he would be like okay if you
0: go in a matchup against Boston. They match up against Boston. I'd take Sorokin over
1: Allmar. Oh, oh, my God. And this season in a playoff series, I'd take Sorokin over for Sturkin because Because right. Sorokin's been okay this season, but he's not been last year. And Sorokin, he's been really, really good. Yeah. I, I'd have it vast – we'd have to see Sorokin in the playoffs because he's, he had a good run in 2021. And he's been – was it 2020? Yeah, it was 2021. And he hasn't been back to the playoffs since, but I, I trust Sorokin. He's a very good goalie. And I'd take Vasilevsky over him without question. But the Islanders, really? if, they, if the Islanders do get in, that is that is a tough matchup for Boston to probably be getting or for Carolina to be getting. Uh, is it, though,
0: because Boston just beat the shit out of New York a couple of days ago?
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. But the playoffs, I mean, we've seen the Islanders turn to it. Yeah. And they've beat Boston before. They and, do.
0: They play that type of game that is just built for playoff hockey.
1: Yeah, like, they play a, a tough style And they have Ilya Sorokin in that who can cover a lot of gaps. And if they do get in, they did add Bo Horvat, And that will add some scoring touch to them. And if they can get Matt Barzell back before the playoffs, I don't think they beat Carolina or Boston, but they're definitely going to beat him up and scare the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing is with... uh, Like Sorokin is significantly better than any goaltender that the that the Hurricanes have. Um, and holy cow. Wow. Dallas just scored with 0.1 seconds left.
1: We'll have to see if that counts. Thank God we didn't end this episode. Yeah, that would have been bad. Crazy game <laughs> in Dallas right now. Yeah. Thank so, you for
0: enjoying that filibuster about fucking. Yeah. So, so now we have
1: to wait for another review. The Hawks are celebrating like they've won the game. We're going to keep filibustering, but I don't- yeah. Yeah,
0: but I agree. The Islanders are a scary team. the The Capitals don't scare me. The Panthers don't scare me. The Islanders are the one team that scares me. Oh yeah, Tyler Sagan knows that goal doesn't count.
1: Yeah, four, three, two, one. the The puck isn't even in frame. Yeah, that does not count. The puck is still not in frame. Yeah, (laughs) almost like two seconds after it hit zero, it was not even close. So the the Stars lose in regulation to Chicago. That is a big result for the Avs and for Winnipeg. And again. That makes this game against Winnipeg on Friday even bigger. That is going to be a massive game for the Avs and for the Jets. Because if the Jets win that game, they pass the Stars. Then now they will take over the top spot in the Central. And then they're in good spot at that point because they'll still have the games in hand. On, or no, they'll be even at that point. Yeah. Or they'll, the Dallas will still have the game in hand on Winnipeg. But Winnipeg will take over. And then they'll be in the driver's seat.
0: We'll see a lot of fun stuff coming
1: up. Yeah. And I mean, just to finish up on the East talk, could we very abruptly cut that off. These yeah. teams stink. The Islanders are the only team that really can scare me in a playoff series. I don't think Florida is going to do anything. Pittsburgh is a mess outside of Crosby, Malkin and Latang, They are a mess. Their bottom six is awful. And Jari can't stay healthy. DeSmith can't make a save. And they're—it's almost like them and the Caps are tied at the hip. Now that the Caps are out, I almost think the Penguins are going to follow them because that's what just what they've done. They're in, ever since the Crosby Ovechkin era. There's been one year where they've been apart, and I don't know. I think it just makes sense that they just follow each other at that point. But
0: you don't think fun. there's any chance with Ovechkin coming back that the Caps rally? I don't.
1: I don't want them to. They yeah. need this. This—it's not going to get any better. Cause like Ovi will come back, sure it'll be a boost for the team, and they're not gonna lose every single game. But as long as Ovi's scoring, but I, I just remember
0: that in the year and a half I've known you, know we were having basically the same conversation last year. And then when the playoffs started, it was like, all right, we're we're back in, baby.
1: They were better last year, and the East stunk. They were never in danger of missing the playoffs last year. There were eight playoff teams in the East, and no one else. They were like they were like fifteen points clear of Detroit last season by the end of the season it was never a question and I thought they had a chance against Florida because it was Florida and I thought they were frauds I thought if they played anyone else they had absolutely no shot I always thought the caps were the only team that Florida would be able to beat in the playoff series and I was right and just with the with them this it just makes sense trade Lars Eller I think even Dmitry Orlov, I think you got to make the calls and get some of these picks and then try to revitalize this team in the offseason. This team doesn't have it. They haven't had it for weeks. They lost four must win games.
0: <laughs> we'll see, but it's going to be fun. We're going to get down to it. The East is a juggernaut. The West is uh it's like that meme of like the super muscular dog and then the dog next to him. That's the East is the muscular one. And the West is, is the small, small dog. Yeah.
1: In in a uh, in Zoomer lingo, it is the Chad and the Wojak Christian. That is your uh, Zoomer lingo one hundred
0: and one. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay, I'll yeah. keep that in mind.
1: Well, there'll be a quiz on this next time, so <laughs> write that down. So I got you. Anyway, I think I think we filibustered enough for today. We've got this over an hour with no games to talk about. I will never be. <laughs> I will never not be impressed by our ability to just make up conversations on the fly. I have no notes for this episode i'm gonna absolutely not. You know, i had nothing for this one mainly because i was writing a paper all day and then immediately hopped on this <laughs> after that because welcome to the joys of college but we're gonna wrap this one up here if you stuck around this long why but also thank you and we appreciate it uh if you can want to support the show you can use promo code tell it as it is on Seakeek for twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is but again thank you all so very much for tuning in we will be back on monday morning talking about the abs two games against the jets and the flames and hopefully four points and we'll see where the abs are at that point in the playoff race but until then let's go abs